0: Morning. It's a, thanks. <laughs> it's a blessing to be here this morning uh, to gather with saints and to gather with friends and family, um, and some folks I've, I've not seen before. Welcome, if you're new to Terra Nova Church. Uh, we're glad you're here. We hope that you stay in uh, fellowship with us. Uh, we're a, a church that likes to linger. No. Uh, you know, unless there's something immediate going on, for the most part, we, we'd love to uh, stay and chat with you. So uh, if you're new here, welcome. My name is Ruben Todd. Um, I've been uh, attending here for, I guess, three or four years. And it's uh, my privilege to occasionally um, share truth from God's word. And so I'm, um, I'm blessed to be here. I'm honored to be able to share with you this morning. And uh, so uh, we'll, we'll get started. <clears throat> We're going to uh this morning we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. Uh, you guys who have been here know that we've been uh in Matthew for it seems like a couple years now and uh we're going through. Um we take some breaks. We've, we're not going like verse by verse or anything like that. We uh but uh, but we return to the the story of Matthew. So we're in Matthew 25 this morning. Uh the first 13 verses so you can turn in your pew Bibles uh, I don't think it's on the screen because I didn't prepare slides, unfortunately, so you're going to have to just listen today. These are the words of Jesus, and he tells this story. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took Flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves." God, we pray as we study your word this morning that you would open our hearts to receive the message that is from you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Amen. So um, I always like to start with reminding people of the context of the scripture. I think this is especially one, if you just read this story and if it was the only thing you read, then there's a lot of conclusions you could jump to that. Don't necessarily jump out at you if you think about it in the terms of the context. And if you were reading a book, you would never read one page of a book and say, "This is what this book's about." So we're not just gonna we're not just gonna jump into this story without reminding ourselves of what the context. So we've been in Matthew for a while, like I've said. Um, and one of the overarching themes from the start to finish of Matthew is introducing the kingdom of God and how different it is from the kingdom of the world, right? So we're uh, we we went through. There's lots and lots of examples. Um, one of, the, one of the greatest and easiest ones to point to is the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus spends this you know, many chapters talking about the difference between what we expect as worldly humans and what the kingdom of God is going to be like and what he expects from us. And there's lots of differences. Uh, it's not, the kingdom of God is not going to be about outward appearance. It's not going to be about title or position, but it's going to be about your heart posture. The kingdom of God is not interested necessarily in only... The letter of the law, but also in the spirit of law. It's it's again, it's about that heart posture toward toward what this kingdom is, um, is coming. Specific to this story, and and in, in this story, the context of this is that Jesus is answering a question. So so we're we're looking at a, about a two chapter answer to the disciples' question. So in uh, in verse uh, in chapter twenty four, verse three, it says the disciples came to him privately. Uh, he, had just, he had just mentioned to them that the, the temple in Jerusalem was going to be destroyed, and that, you know, piqued their curiosity, as it were, and probably their fears and anxieties and all sorts of things. And so they came to him privately and said, you know, uh, when will these things be? Like what, uh, sorry, when is that going to happen? Uh, they said, when will these things be and what will the sign of your coming, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of your age? And so Jesus starts to explain this to them, and so last week, Pastor Matt uh, did a great job of walking us through chapter 24, uh, which was, which is was the beginning, beginning part of Jesus' answer to that question. And he was, uh, and Pastor Matt talked about how Jesus answered them both uh, prophetically, indicating some of the things that were to come that they could look for, and pastorally in terms of uh, how they should be about these things, but how, how we should be feeling, how, how, how should our hearts be postured toward this idea of the end times. Um, he reminded us that... Uh, that we are not to be obsessing, right? There's, and there's lots of ways you can uh, you, know, you, could, you could dive deep and, and get into comparing Revelation with Daniel, with all of the things that are mentioned in Jesus' words and all the other prophecies of scripture and how they all correlate. And, and not that there's anything wrong with studying those things, as long as it's not an obsession. And at the other end of that spectrum would be apathy, where you just kinda go like, eh, doesn't really matter. Uh, and neither of those things are where we need to be as Christians. We need to be, we need to be um, aware and care about what's happening. There's a main point to this story, and I don't have to draw it out at all, because Jesus said it. He told the story, and he gave his main point. He, he explicitly says the point that he's trying to make. And the point is in verse 13. He says, Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And that is, uh, that's a repetition from, um, from chapter 24. And I'm going to go back a little bit because, uh, like I said, Matt, Matt did a great job, but I, I think it's important to draw in some of that context of, of, this, of, of the stories that Jesus is telling. So, uh, he says in uh, verse 42 of chapter 24, he says, Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming." And He says in our, verse today, our chap- or passage today, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. We know that it will come quickly. He says, Jesus said in chapter 24, it would be like the flood of, in the days of Noah, that it wasn't expected, but it came. He also says, um, it will be like a break-in, it would be not something that you'd expect. Um, but the overall point that Jesus is trying to make is that we should be watching, we should be ready, we should be preparing. So he tells the in verse in chapter twenty four he mentions, uh, you know, if there's if if you're the head of a household and you know someone's going to break into your house, you you don't go to bed at night, you you stay awake and you and you're ready for the intruder. Uh, and then he says if uh, if you're uh, if you're a, a if you're left in charge of someone else's house, and if he's, he, he draws that comparison to the servant, he says there's two, two types of servants. One takes care of the household, feeds the other servants when it's time to feed them. And he says that servant is blessed when the master returns. But there's another kind of servant who just says, uh, I'm, I'm in charge now, and I can do whatever I want, lives for themselves. And when the master returns, he's upset. And he says, watch therefore. And then he tells this story of these, of these, uh, these young women who are, who are part of a, a bridal party. Uh, in case you've never heard the background of this, so this is this is a um, in the context our weddings are a little different than they would have been in uh, when in Jesus' day in in Israel. Uh, so there there would have been an engagement and uh, probably about a year long, and at the end of the at the end of that engagement, the groom would have spent that whole year preparing his house for his bride to come, and he goes to the bride's house and there's there's the sort of the wedding ceremony, and then there's sort of this triumphal uh, parade back to his house where, he, where the sort of reception would be as in our vernacular, and that's where the party happens, all right? So, so, th- so it's this sort of like triumphal return, you know, like a, like a, um, like a, a king returning from a raiding party or something, like, we, you know, I went and I got the prize, and I'm bringing it home, and, um, and so it's a celebration, but it's, the, it's this celebration. And so these bridesmaids, as it were, um, their their job is to be part of that party, and and they and it's a functional piece because they need I mean, there's no street lamps right, so they they actually need the light to go back, but it's also to sort of like be part of this celebration. So they've they've got a job to do, but they're also they're also invited to this to this celebration. And. Uh, and so there's, there's a couple reasons for the lamps, like I said, part of it's functional in terms of they just need the light, and part of it is because if you, if you knew when this party was going to be, you'd have your lamp ready and you, would, and you would go. And if you didn't have a lamp, that meant you were just trying to crash the party, like, oh, here, yeah, let's go in and get some cake. Uh, so uh, so that's, that's sort of, the, um, that's sort of the, the idea of, like, the contextualization of, you know, culturally, this is, this is what's going on. Um, and there's, there's lots of interesting tidbits about this, this actual story that, that, you know, that people, people try to tease out. Um, Pastor Matt sort of talked about, you know, the word eschatology is the study of future events. Um, and so lots of people who study eschatology, they, they look at this passage and go, okay, Jesus is talking about when he comes back. Um, and they get into like, okay, is this before the rapture or after the rapture? Is this the middle of the rapture? Is this, um, I, I'm not going to get into all that, not not that it's not important. Like I said, these are good things to study, but it's not the main point of what Jesus was doing right here. He's in the middle of of explaining to his disciples in a private conversation that I want you to be ready. I want you to be watching, and I want you to be ready. Um, Some people point out the fact that there was wise bridesmaids, there was foolish bridesmaids, uh, but they all fell asleep. And that's an interesting sort of a point to make in a story when Jesus is trying to say, watch, therefore, and be ready. You know, the word watch, when we think about watch, we think about watching television. But it's, it's the same kind of word if you were like a soldier on duty and you're taking the first watch. Like you're supposed, to be, you're supposed to be watching. You're supposed to be like expectant. You're supposed to be ready for action. That kind of watch. And so he tells this story about these bridesmaids who fell asleep. And he says, watch, therefore. That's, that's an interesting one. Um, this, this is not about whether or not we stay awake, right? Jesus is not saying never sleep again. Uh, he's saying there's a heart issue that I want you to be, I want you to be aware of that um oh, we'll get to that in a minute. So, so then there's some, so some other practical implications. When you and I probably hear the word lamp, what comes to my mind is a little glass bowl with oil in it, a little brass knob that you turn and raise the wick, right? That's, does everyone think about a lamp, right? That's what I think of. Um, some, some scholars suggest that these lamps were more like torches, so they would be like a torch and a rag, and the idea you'd have like a little oil can, and you would put oil on it and keep, the, keep it burning. So the, the question there is, because when I first read it, I was like, okay, so some brought lamps, but they didn't bring extra oil. And so then they were waiting, and they fell asleep, and their oil, their oil burned up, and they didn't have anything to replenish it. But it seems like it's, it's more likely that some came with a torch with nothing to oil it with. So they had the outward appearance of being ready, but not actually anything to, to do the function that they were supposed to do. And those are, um, that's a different thing. That's a, that that outward appearance of being ready, but not having anything to 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 do actually the function of it. Uh, if you've if you've been in in, in church, if you uh, if you've been if you've been in the Word, you know that lots and lots of times in Scripture. Like in the Old Testament, God refers Himself as the groom, as the husband of, the, of His people. And in the New Testament, it's, it's revealed often that Jesus is the groom. And, and, and when, we, when we look forward to the, to the end times, we talk, we talk in terms of Jesus as the groom returning to get His bride, the church. Uh, in this particular story… The bride isn't in the story, so it's, it's the grooms returning and it's the, the bridesmaids. And so, some people wonder when they read this and they, with all that eschatological balance, they're wondering if, if, this is, if these are people that are outside the church or if this is, or if this is just a, a slightly different thing. So, what I, I would like to just remember that Jesus is talking to His disciples privately. This story is for the disciples, it's for us as Christians it's for us to understand how God wants us to be in light of His, of his coming. So, the point that I'm… All, all of that point is to make that this parable is not necessarily an allegory. All right, and and what, I, what I mean by that is an allegory is like, um, is like Paul Bunyan. Uh, or not Paul Bunyan, sorry. <laughs> I forgot the name of it. Pilgrim's Progress. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. I just… Came out of my head. Sorry. It's not Pilgrim's Progress. Sorry, forget that. We can delete that in the tape, right? Um, it's not Pilgrim's Progress where every single thing has a meaning. This is a parable. This is this is a parable that's meant to make a whole point. And it's in this and it's in a series of four parables that Jesus tells in a row to make one point. And, and, and I don't think he necessarily intends us to pull every thread. Of, of every single aspect of this story and, and pull out some deeper meaning from it. He's making a point. And his point is, watch therefore, for you know not the day nor the hour. All right. So, he tells the story of the thief in the night. If you, are, if you know that there's a thief coming, you'll be ready. And he tells the story of the, of the, of the servant. And he says, he says if, if the servant is doing his job and is feeding the people, feeding the other servants, when, when the master comes back, he's rewarded. But if he's living for himself, if he's living selfishly, then the master is going to be upset. And um, this is very strong language. They'll be cast into darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. So going, going back to that, that idea that, that the kingdom of God is not like the kingdom of men. This is, this is not about, this is not about uh, appearances, and this is not about, um, this is not about what we do. There's not, there's no, there's no, how do we prepare? What does it look like to be prepared? What does it look like to watch? And there's lots of things that we can do, but the point is that this is a heart issue, and I will try to explain that. This is not a, I'm not going to give you a to-do list of the things, the check boxes that you need to check, that we need to check in terms of being prepared for Christ's coming. This is a checkup for yourself, but it's, it's, it's not about a, a, a checklist. This is not about earning your salvation. This is not about, if I do these things, then I'll get into heaven. Uh, this is about a, since we have so great a Savior, this is the way that we should live, and this is the way we should think about those things. And the question I'd like to ask you is, where are your affections pointing? Your, your heart is revealed in your preparations. So, uh, a, a couple illustrations from, that come to mind from, uh, from things that I've, I've, I've seen. When we lived in Virginia years ago, um, we, we ran a camp and we did a, lot of, um, we did a lot of rock climbing and rappelling up on the mountainside that was part of the property. Um, and it was hot in Virginia, way hotter than it seems to ever get here, and it was humid, and so we would always tell people if you're going up for the day, uh, to to run ropes and stuff, um, we would say bring way more water than you think you need, uh, which, you know, some similarities to to this situation. Invariably there, you know, the first couple times somebody would go up, they'd bring like more water than they needed, and by the end of the day they'd be asking for water to borrow because uh, it was, you know, it just takes a lot out of you. and I used to, used to just, just you'd give kids water bottles and they would just like start playing and throw, throw the water around. You're like, you have no idea how valuable it is. <laughs> uh, but if you knew you were going up there for the day and if you had any experience at all, those people that were, that were used to going up there, they would bring enough water. They, would, they, would, they knew how to prepare and they would, and they would take it. Um, maybe something that would mean a little more to you guys, or some of you I know, um, Think about a snow sports day, all right? Think about a day that you might be going skiing or skating. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, I, heard, I overheard someone talking about there's a, a, there's a hill that's already got a ski slope open. That's, that's crazy to me, but that's amazing. Um, you can ask Jason, he knows, because um, I don't. So if you want to play all day in, in, in the snow, if, you, if you're expecting to go somewhere, you go prepared, right? You bring all of your warmest clothes, you bring, you bring extras, you bring a change of socks because you, you know that this is your day to play in the snow and you want to be prepared, right? This is the thing that people do. Um, I, I went one time with a youth group skiing and, and one of the young people, uh, we were sort of gathering and like looking at the gear and uh, you know, we were in the van on the way there and realized that this person just had jeans and like a light jacket. And in the back of my mind I said, this, there's no way this person intends to ski. Uh, there's just no way that they're that they're that they're here to ski, and so sure enough, you know the first run they fell and hurt themselves and spent the rest of the day in the in the lodge by the fire. And their heart wasn't in it, right? Their heart they weren't prepared because their heart wasn't in it. They they didn't come prepared. So that's preparation. That's a preparation shows your heart, right? Um, another thing is that your heart does it affects your expectations. Okay, so I'm gonna do two juxtapositions here too. So, maybe some of you remember as a kid, and maybe for some of you it wasn't that long ago, that sometimes your parents would leave for the day and list, leave you with a list of chores, all right? And, and I, I, maybe you're way better than I was as a kid, but my, my mother would leave my sister and I with a set of chores, uh, you know, that sh- should take about half the day, because she, 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 she was kind to us. Uh, and usually we would get started about 15 minutes before she would get home. and. Uh, and so she would catch us, you know, finishing up, like, oh, we're uh, just finishing. And I'm sure she knew that we were just starting. Uh, but that's, that's, sort of, that's sort of one way to sort of ex- expect something, right? But the other end of that is, is if, you're, if you're expecting something that's a celebration, if your first thought is, I want to make sure that this is right for the person we're, we're expecting. So let's say it's, it's uh, somebody in your family's birthday, and you want things to be just right when they get home. Uh, husbands, if it's your wife's birthday and you want dinner ready and you want the house clean, you're you're going to put a lot more effort in it than I did to the chores when I was a kid. If you're if you if you're waiting expectantly for the celebration when your wife arrives and you say, "Look, look how we prepared for you," um, your expectation affects your preparation. If your first thought is to please the one for whom you're waiting, you prepare differently, right? There's a sense of um, of dedication, and and I and I I mean dedication not not in terms of like just like you're 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 dedicated to a cause or or, but I mean like dedicated like that's the only thing that you do. Um, it, it, the, the exp, expectation explanation rather uh, for me is is if you've got a if you've got a deep freezer in your home, uh, it should be honest it should be plugged into a circuit that nothing else is plugged into. All right, so unfortunately, I have had this bad experience too, uh, where, you know, somebody ran the microwave and the vacuum at the wrong time and, uh, you know, the deep freezer goes out and you, you know, bad smells and all that. Uh, It's it's not good. Um, so, So there should be a dedicated circuit for your deep freeze. So this is a helpful tip too. If you have a deep freeze, make sure it's on a dedicated circuit. But the point of that is not the deep freezer. The point is the word dedicated it's only one purpose it only has one purpose and that is that is the way that we are to be expecting the lord's return that we shouldn't be distracted by other things we shouldn't be we shouldn't be focused on other things not that we shouldn't do other things not that there there aren't other things that we can be doing but we should always be in mind that the the main focus is that christ's return is imminent and in expectation we should be preparing so I'm going to go back to the illustration. You're at home. You're expecting someone for a celebration, and you're ready. And everything's set, and the, the guacamole's out, and the chips are served, and the, uh, you know, the, the drinks are cold in the fridge, and everything's all ready. It's clean, and that person is delayed. And so you sort of like, all right, we can wait. It's, it's okay. And then an hour goes by, and you're like, well, I guess I could be doing some other things. But you're going to do other things where you can watch the road, right? You, you're going to do things where you can... You can get other things done, but you're not distracted from that main purpose. You're not going to let those other things take you away from being ready to welcome that person when they get there. Does that, does that make sense? That you're, you're, still, you're still got that main thing in view, that there's, there's other stuff you can do, but there's this main thing that you're focused on, and that's, that's welcoming home uh, this person. And so, we as Christians, now, today, we're in that waiting time. We're in that time when, when Christ has ascended to heaven, and He has promised that He's returning. And there's a beauty in that waiting time. There's a beauty in, in you know, in a, in a couple of weeks we'll be in Advent, and that's the, that's the 30 days or so before the 12 days of Christmas, and that's a waiting time. It's the, it's the time when we remember when, when people were looking forward to Christ's first coming, and there's a beauty of that season that, that it, you know, you shouldn't skip over. And I know, I know culturally that, that Christmas music started weeks ago. But, but as Christians, in terms of our Christian celebration, we shouldn't skip over Advent. We shouldn't skip over that idea that, that it's important to remember that we, that we wait for someone to come. Um, and and we, we remember His coming the, f- the first time as we look forward to His coming the second time. Uh, l- later in the year, of course, the, the, another huge celebration in the Christian church is Easter. But we have 40 days of Lent that leads up to Easter where we prepare our hearts and mind for that celebration of Christ's sacrifice. And those, so those waiting times, those waiting times are, are important. We, we can dwell in them, and we can dwell in them with, with dedication, with expectation that, that, that affects our preparation. So, the, these sort of, these sort of this sort of looking forward as we wait in time right now, as we look forward to Christ's second coming, there's lots of times when, when this is preached, and, and, and truthfully so, as a warning. Because, because there is an end. There, when Christ comes, the door will be shut on some who are not prepared. And that is a, that is a real warning, but that, that is not the warning to those of us who, who believe in Jesus, who know Christ. The, the tendency may be to hear this sort of story and these sort of, this sort of prophecy as punitive, as exclusionary, but that, that thought has to be balanced with the truth that this is rooted in invitation. This is Christ's words to His own disciples saying, I want you to be ready. Christ's, Christ's return is something that we can look forward to, that we can, we can prepare for, In 2 Peter, chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 3 through 9, uh, Peter writes this. He says, "'Scoffers will come in the last days, following their own sinful desires, and they will say, "'Where is the promise of His coming? "'For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from "'the beginning of creation. "'But do not overlook the fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years.'" And a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. This is an invitation. This period of waiting is grace upon grace to us, that it is... Never too late to respond in faith. Until Jesus does return, we can always respond in faith to him. We can always dedicate ourselves to expectation and preparation. So what does it look like to be prepared for kingdom work? I think there's I think there's a lot of there's a lot of ways we can answer that question. And in some ways, in some ways when when you When we expect Christ's return, in some ways we expect something that's far off. But being prepared is about doing whatever task God sets before you. Like this afternoon, if God prompts you to serve someone in His community, in in this community, in, in our church. What does it look like to be prepared for kingdom work? Well, were you prepared last time? The last time you had an opportunity to serve, were you prepared to do so? Were you prepared to, to leave something behind to do what God was asking of you? In, uh, in our um, in terror language, we talk about the discipleship spiral. We talk about God revealed, and God reveals himself, and maybe he's revealing himself to you right now, his, his invitation to you. Our job is to respond to that revelation in our hearts and our job is to reflect the light of God that shone on us back to the world. Part of being prepared is doing the job you're called to. The, the servant that was tasked with managing the household had two choices. He could manage the household well, or he could manage the household selfishly. The bridesmaids who were asked to prepare for this celebration They were asked to light the way for others to follow. Some of them were prepared to do that. Some of them had the expectation that this was a job that they wanted to do, and some of them did not. And so, this invitation is for you to say Am I willing? Am I dedicated? Am I expecting to be able to be used to reflect the light of God to the world? Grace is available, the door is not shut. We can respond in faith that he, he wants your heart to be in. He wants your heart to be in grateful expectation of his return. So as, we, uh, so as we think about Christ's coming, it's not something that we should be afraid of. It should be something that we are looking forward to. This is a celebration. And if you don't feel like your heart is prepared... The door is not shut. We we always have opportunity until his return to prepare our hearts, to prepare our hearts to welcome him, and to prepare those around us, and to to light the way. We're going to sing a few more songs tonight. I'll ask the band to come back up and make your way. And I remember, one of the things that we do to remember that Christ is coming again is to... Remember the sacrifice that He made for us. And in First 1 Corinthians 11.26, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote, As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. So as you come forward during the singing and take the bread and dip it in the wine or juice, We do remember that the Lord sacrificed himself for us, and we're thankful for that, and we're grateful for that. And we also remember that in this time of waiting, we remember that he is coming back. And as you partake, remember Jesus' words, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this this, uh, this expectation of your return. Lord, I pray that you would you would tune our hearts, Lord, to be expectant and joyful at the idea of your return. And Lord, out of that joy, that we would we would serve you, and we would uh, we would see those ways that we can prepare this world for you, the arrival of your kingdom. Lord, start, start first with our own hearts, we pray.